0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, one of the heads.
1: I'm Dane, the forgetful head. What'd you forget? I don't know. I've forgotten. (laughs) Harry Potter reference!
0: That's pretty good. Uh, Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games, where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you, and even play some games sometimes. All right, Dane, what are we discussing with everybody today?
1: Well, we are going to discuss central conflict in your role-playing adventure. So all stories have a conflict. So what uh, we're going to go through the different types and uh, everything like that. Yeah. Um, And I guess
0: let me... Clarify, I guess yeah. we're we're talking about the uh the central conflict for for a whole story for like an adventure. We're not talking about like
1: the session conflict. Yeah,
0: we're not talking about you know, how to give how to give a little bit of stakes in an episode. Um we're not talking about how to run combat. We're talking about the like the core conflict. That
1: moves the story forward.
0: Of yeah, that is like the I said, story.
1: Uh that's forget. Uh, forgetful head. I even <laughs> forgot how to say forgot. All right. <clears throat> so, what we're going to talk about? Uh, we're going to talk about why central conflict is important. Why do you? Why do stories have it? I guess uh, you know. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about the different types of central conflicts that uh, we know about and have used. Uh, and then we're going to talk about how to actually run those in an adventure or implement them in the story. So why is central conflict? Why is great question? Well,
0: uh, in one sense, I can't really answer that because I don't know <laughs> why. Uh, just like when humans consume stories, I think it's just there needs to the be human like human condition. We're not very interested in a story of you know a bunch of happy people in a happy place and nothing interesting happens.
1: Because that's not an imitative life, man.
0: It's generally not. Usually, life stuff is, is happening. hard and mean kicks you in the nuts so you know in one or the lady would very like uh esoteric sense i can't answer that question but <laughs> why is central conflict well good stories always have some conflict and you can have like kick-ass combat but if you don't have a reason for anything to be mm-hmm. happening in your story well, then it's not going to be that great right
1: the context of more for the whatever combat.
0: Whatever is happening for the journey, for the fights, for the exploration. So that you know leads into the other aspect of this. Good stories almost always hinge on some sort of conflict. I would say always. I don't mm-hmm. know any almosts. Right. I don't know really any exceptions prove, to prove that. Prove us well, wrong. I'd be interested. Listeners. Yeah. Um, Challenge. So, good stories hinge on conflict. It's also critical for player engagement. The same way we're not interested in stories where nothing happens, players won't be interested in playing an adventure where they don't have a reason to do anything. Or
1: they'll be less interested and like fall off of it yeah. quicker. Uh, it needs they need to work towards something. Essential yeah, some conflict gives that to players.
0: You will find a lack of player engagement with a lack of conflict in your story. So, uh what I guess I mean examples, character actions, stories without central conflict I don't really know any stories that I don't know, lack yeah. I mean we, a, already, we already went over that uh, prove us wrong right. we, I, I dare you I guess I mean you could say a story like like Paddington doesn't really have a central conflict and the bear character he doesn't really have a character arc but then characters around him have stuff going on in their lives and he makes their lives better sure so you could say that's not central conflict that's uh that is a story about how like a character makes other people other characters how he i don't know helps them or something but then everyone still has some sort of problem. So instead of a central conflict, it's little conflicts, and it's still a reason to care about what's going on.
1: Mm. Well, you know, okay, car- example of character actions. Uh, oh, you're doing bounties. You guys are bounty hunters. Uh, why Why do you need the money? Like, right. Is it just to make money? Like, you know, that's going to get old after a session or two. Right. And that could, like-
0: that could be a real easy, like... Uh, jumping off point mm-hmm. for you to create your first thing or for you to, you know, get some players into a
1: story for the first time. Right. And we'll talk about that later. You know, we're giving an example of like how we, how to use that jumping off point of like, oh, you guys are bounty hunters and you go on a bounty, mm-hmm. but, uh, so the but will come later. Right.
0: Point is, if that's all there is... Mm. It might not stick.
1: Like, that might be good for the first session, but then what's the next session? The same thing?
0: What are you saving up your bounty money for? Are you just, like, a homeless guy and this is Mm -hmm. the only way that you, you know, pay for a room at the end is you bounty hunt? Well, then why don't you just get Mm -hmm. a different job, like, working on a farm where nobody stabs you?
1: Right? Like, you can only run around Skyrim doing, like, little tasks so long before you actually have to do a mission. Right. Right. And not just because you'll run out of
0: dumb little stuff to do, but because like you will want to engage with
1: something yeah, else.
0: You will want to engage with something bigger than just like oh I've lost my bucket or whatever. <laughs> I don't not know, the bucket. I, I don't know if that's in Skyrim.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah. All right. So types of central conflict. <laughs> uh, you know, keep in mind this is not a comprehensive list. Uh, these are just three of like the central conflicts that we have used and, uh, have examples for I would are probably in,
0: in these examples, you might be like, well, I mean, that kind of sounds like this other thing. Yeah. We're lumping some stuff together yeah. in some broad categories that allow us to, I don't know, just like talk about these ideas in mm-hmm. different compartments.
1: Right. We, we don't have any literary degrees here. Um, just hobbyists. Yeah. Smart ones, but still hobbyists. Alright, so, the strong villain central conflict. Mm -hmm. Right, there is a big bad who is present in the story and they have conflicting goals with the players. Or characters, I mean. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, Darth Vader.
0: Terrific. Like, cultural touchstone nobody doesn't know what that is even if you've never seen star wars you understand the idea that he's a bad guy and he like Mm. is after them
1: and is present in the story Mm. several times throughout the story they the characters and the villain actually meet they're in
0: the same room with each other they have conversations they have combat between them and they are working towards different things which is why, you know, they're at odds with each other. That's why they yell at each other and argue and try and shoot each other and hit each other with swords.
1: Right. Another Strong popular, present villain. Yeah, strong present villain. Another popular example uh, is Saren from the Mass Effects. Uh, mm-hmm. The first Mass Effects and some books. But whatever. Um, the villain makes appearances. Again, has conversations with the characters. Uh, you know, it makes the story... You guys are at odds, like mm. the the conversations, different goals. So now we're gonna fight. Uh, you know, have a conversation, fight, and then break apart. Right? You know, he gets away. Yeah.
0: He gets away, or he's like, "Well, are you gonna catch me? or Are you gonna go save uh, the princess or whatever?" Right. You know, well, fuck, I gotta let him go. Mm. And they're gonna be a recurring character in the story, and they're always gonna be against you know the player party, and they're going to actually like conflict mm-hmm. with each other when they meet kind of a fun idea with that. Um, you could, you know, put them in a
1: situation where they have to work to do, right. together for, uh,
0: for, for very, one session,
1: very, uh, you know, classic, uh, <laughs> twist episode yeah like oh well, you guys are all stuck in the same room that's like you know has spikes on the walls and is closing in so you guys are gonna have to work together yeah but you hate each other
0: oh but now maybe like you
1: feel for him a little bit uh right he tells a story about how you know he lost his puppy when he was a kid or something i don't know
0: yeah um but yeah so that's the first kind of type that we're breaking these story structures into First type: a strong villain who's present in the story. You're going to meet him. You're going to fight with him. Your goals are counter to each other. Or,
1: yeah, doesn't matter. Uh, what's the next one? The absent villain. So there's still a villain, mm-hmm. and they have uh, opposing goals than the characters, but they are absent. Uh, for example. Sauron mm-hmm. in Lord of the Rings. Lord of the
0: Rings, great example. They right. said it couldn't be filmed because of the nature of Sauron. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he's just kind of a scary ghost in a tower who nobody ever talks to, goes to visit, or really interacts with directly. But he's evil, and everything bad going on is his fault. The party is in direct opposition to him. Everything they're doing is working to bring him
1: down. Mm-hmm. Peter Jackson proved them wrong. He did, uh, sure, film the hell out of that story. <laughs> right. So the the villain is still there in the world, right? It's still in the story, causing problems for the players or the characters. But like they never, the characters never actually get to fight, right? Mm. You know, it's all about taking the ring to Mount Doom. Yeah,
0: you're not gonna go punch him. Mm. That's not what the that's not the type of conflict that it is but you have a goal that clearly conflicts with their goals and you know it's bringing them mm. down and I guess they don't necessarily, they don't directly conflict your goal is to stop them yeah. their goal is to like conquer the world right and those two things are going to put you in conflict with each other but not direct conflict
1: right you know it's going to be proxy conversation you know uh, Sauron's going to send his minions he's going to mm-hmm. send his orcs to go rouse the party bring back the rain yeah and then, you know, so yeah. there's still conflict, there's still battles and combat right. to be done, but it's not oh I'm fighting Sauron one on one.
0: Right. Another
1: um, example, uh, before we move on, yeah. Is uh, the Reapers, also from the Mass Effect universe. Uh for you know, the Reapers used Saren as a proxy. Mm-hmm. Like you were really fighting the Reapers when you were fighting Sauron, er, no nope. Saren. Saren. Very close. Maybe we shouldn't have chose those examples because they sound so yeah. the same.
0: They do. I feel like that idea... Okay, how about this one? Uh, you're doing a, like, historical adventure. You're doing, like, spies in World War II. Okay. Hitler, Hitler. is the big bad. Fucking Hitler.
1: Fucking Hitler.
0: Right? But you're probably not actually going to go kill Hitler. And maybe you will. That could be right. a fun that thing. That could be a thing. You know, to, like, infiltrate... The... Infiltrate Berlin and actually assassinate him. That could be an adventure. But probably, if you're doing a, like, you know, World War II resistance right. adventure... Yeah.
1: The goal is to get the information back to the Allies. Right. You're
0: gonna... You're not gonna
1: be fighting Hitler. Right.
0: You're gonna sneak around and, like, punch Nazis and, you know, get in shootouts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Hitler's a bad guy, and stopping him from doing his evil is the objective of the story, Mm -hmm. but his objective isn't to like come find you and beat you up. Right. His objective is to rule his empire.
1: Right. Yeah. So the goal is to stop the absent villain. It's not necessarily to battle them.
0: Right. So yeah, that's the absent villain idea. Um, And then the other one, the other sort of third major distinction that we make um, is a story where the central conflict has no villain, but it's grounded in personal stakes. And what we mean by this is, like, the player characters uh, get, like, poisoned or cursed or imprisoned. They have to go find something Mm -hmm. that's been taken from them. Um, The Witcher series, uh, or, well, specifically Witcher 3, your main thing is to go find Ciri. Right. That's the, like, that is the central conflict. You want to find Ciri because you care about Ciri. And also other people are looking for Ciri, so that puts a clock on it.
1: Right, and like you get in little battles and confrontations along the way, but your main goal is not to go break down the doors of Emperor Amir and kill him. Right. Your main goal is to find Siri, and that moves the story forward. You go to Skellige, because you want to find Siri, and she was there. So you follow her. You know, right? That's why you go through the maps, yeah. have the adventures that you have. Talk
0: to everybody, do the... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might be saying... Wait, two-headed Game Master, uh, all of those things you said are kind of all each of those things. Mm-hmm. Sauron is, you know, the absent villain, but he also, like, sends the Nazgul after them.
1: Right. And, who are present villains. Yeah,
0: who are present villains in the story. Or Star Wars, like, Darth Vader is a present villain. For most of the story, the Emperor is the, Abs- you know, the big absent villain who, you know... It's his desire to rule the galaxy that's causing all the conflict, but you're not trying to go punch the emperor. You're trying to, you know, just like not get killed by Darth Vader. Um, Witcher and Siri. Well, it is a personal stakes adventure to find Siri, but then there's also the Wild Hunt. And after you found Siri, you're like, well, now shit. There is a present villain in this story because the Wild Hunt keeps messing with us, and if we don't stop them, they're going to end the world. Freaking magic ding-dongs. So, we're aware of that, mm. um, and you will probably, if you create something like this, you will almost certainly find yourself combining elements of these things. Right. You don't want to have a, you know, a present villain who keeps attacking your characters, but also no reason for them to care about it. You, mm. you are going to want personal stakes.
1: You throw some personal stakes in there, like, uh, Maybe the villain killed your dad. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that's from. Oh, is it Star Wars again? Yeah, it is Star it is. Wars.
0: Twist. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah. So, you know, you're probably going to find yourself uh, mixing them together. And you're going to be like, oh, I'm creating a, I'm creating a campaign where there is an active villain and, you know, you guys are directly opposed to him. And you're all trying to, like, find the same crystals well, you're going to meet him on your adventure to find crystals. And then it becomes a thing where he's using the crystals to release a big absent villain into the world. And mm-hmm. that villain isn't part of the story yet because that's not what the story's about. It's about finding crystals. And then you're doing both. Right. You're doing an absent villain, like big evil mm. overlord and a present strong villain in the story who you meet and interact with. You're probably going to end up combining these ideas.
1: Right. And like, you know, so we're talking about like Central Con, we already said it, and I'll say it again, over the whole adventure, which could be 10 sessions of role playing or, you know, however long it takes your characters to get through that story. So like, there's definitely room in there to have all of these. Yeah. Right. So like, you guys are all about, uh, you know, stopping the big bad present villain. The characters, they go through, you know, this town. Oh, one of them gets, like, a note, like a letter. And then, like, they have to go do something personal, right? So, they're like, hey, guys, team, um, I really want to stop this big bad villain, but I got to go do this thing. Would you come help me? That way, I can get back faster. Hmm. And, and help can, you, yeah. get back on track. Fight uh, the main right? villain. And then, like, maybe it's, like, uh, you know, his little brother... Uh, sent the letter that like his village had been attacked. Right, so they go to the village. The players go to the village, and then it turns out that the big bad guy that they were chasing was the one who attacked the village. Mm-hmm. Boom! You bring now it all it's together. Personal.
0: Yeah, you start out. Um, you start out as like a farm boy. I don't know. That's classic, like fantasy. And like some evil guy comes out of the woods and is messing with your with your town. Well, you got to fight him. That's a present villain thing. Mm-hmm. But then he like burns your village down. Okay, that sucks. Now I have a personal stakes reason to go chasing him. Now you're doing both things. And then you find out that, you know, he serves some evil emperor and you have to stop them from taking over the world. Well, now you're the perfect person because you're radicalized because you already hate him for killing your burning down your village. Now you've used all three of them. But the point is, whether you do, you know, one thing and you lock it in and it's a really like tense personal conflict between two guys or uh you know you use all three of them at once in stages bringing it back to the point of this whole episode what you're doing is instilling the adventure with a central conflict and giving your players a reason to care about it and a reason to engage with it
1: right so like uh and if like through our rambling you guys you know listeners are like what are you talking about um Go go consume some media. Go read uh, some books. Play some video games. Watch some movies. You know, we already talked about. We talked about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Think about. You know, put this context. You know, put your context glasses on. Listen to this episode, and then go watch Star Wars, paying close attention to the central conflict, the villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how uh Luke deals with Darth Vader, like when they first meet. And then you know, then in return to, no, Empire, Empire Strikes Back. Then look at that one and see how the characters have uh, grown. They've done their arcs, or you know, part of their. They've progressed through their arcs, so their interaction in Empire Strikes Back is way different than that first interaction. Uh, you know, that's that's what we mean. You know, like uh, the three episodes of Star Wars. Right? there is a central conflict. It has a strong villain at first. They get rid of the strong villain. They defeat Darth Vader. Oh, by defeating him, he actually comes over to their side in the end. In uh, in the Return of the Jedi. He throws uh, Emperor Palpatine down the, the energy well or whatever. I, I don't know what that was. Spoilers. <laughs> okay, if, <you> get, <laughs> if that's a spoiler for you... Yeah, and you're not six years old. Fifty years. If you're not six years old, and that was a spoiler for you, what are you doing listening to this podcast? Yeah, go watch some stuff first. But yeah, so that's the point. Over the course of
0: that, those things changed, and you know there were also there were other versions of like the personal stakes. It wasn't just that like you know Luke's family got killed, so he was radicalized and went and. Tried Mm. to join the rebellion. Later, he has another separate personal stake where he has like a personal quest to become a Jedi and, you know, Mm. train and fully actualize his powers. Combinations of those things carry through the entire storyline, and, you know, you're probably going to end up using multiple ones Mm. of them. But those are the classifications that we've come up with, and the kind of classifications that we've used in order to. Build the stories that we've run for
1: our players. So, you get, you do some research if you don't know what we're talking about to, to get an idea. So, you got your central conflict in mind. Mm-hmm. How do you run and implement that? Running and implementing. Well, first, the scene needs to be set somehow. Yeah. Right? You need to. Establish who the, the player characters are. You know who, what the party who is, makes up the party. Who makes up the party? That's what I meant to say. It Took me a while to get there. Yeah. Uh, what their relationship is to whatever central conflict is being set up. Right, and you you do that at the beginning. Uh, you know, and you try to do it in a way that answers the question: Why should they care? Right, because you know sometimes you get. Uh, a player, uh, not naming names here, but if you're listening, I bet you know who you are, who's just like, you know what? I go the other way. And it's like, why? Why would you go the way that way? I yeah. I set it up perfectly. And I but... didn't design for that. And I get the idea of like, you know,
0: exploring and pushing limits, but if something clearly, if there's nothing over there, and but, that doesn't move the story you know, forward. What that
1: taught me, because uh, that was one of the earlier sessions, is I didn't do a good job of making the players care about it. Or their characters mm-hmm. care about it. Um,
0: and when we say uh, when we say the scene needs to be set somehow, we're talking about a number of different things. You should probably tell your players in some sort of like introduction, either you know in person or a document you send them. What is the setting and, like, kind of what is going on?
1: Like, the way we did uh, back in the last blocks of episodes, uh, you know, my adventure for Cosmo and Cosmo's adventure for me, Mm -hmm. we gave, you know, a little prompts to each other and we read that aloud, you know, to set the context and the scene for you listeners. So, something like that. You have, like, a written out intro. And. Yeah,
0: some yeah, some context and explanation about what because you know without that you're gonna have players who either you know have no idea what to create, or they're gonna create something that you know doesn't really fit. Right? And it like, can be as easy as telling someone like, "Hey, we're gonna be playing a Star Wars adventure. Right. I I bought uh you know Rebel Galaxy or whatever. We're gonna we're gonna run a Star Wars role playing game because we've been talking about Star Wars because it's a great example of storytelling. Uh. That's as much context generally as you need to give for people to make their characters. But then you still want to be like, you guys should be, uh, you know...
1: Ready to take on a Sith.
0: Yeah, ready to take on a Sith or, uh, you know, have some reason why you hate the Empire or mm. you are Empire. And, mm. you know, like, what is... Wh- like, why do you serve? What is your motivation for that? Give that prompt to your players so that they are, from the beginning... Locking into the idea of whatever the central conflict's might going to be. They and don't like, necessarily know mm-hmm. who they're going to be fighting or what the mission is going to be right off the bat. But the prompt that, you know, the prompt that orients them mm-hmm. in the direction of whatever story you're going to tell them.
1: Right. You know, give them some good prompts to make their character backstory. And like, you know, they get to make a character and they choose... Uh, in ancestry, you know, like what we talked about in the the last episode about uh, you know something that fits and like gives them personal stakes, uh, you know, like I um, one of my uh, very successful I think uh, role playing sessions is uh, it started out um, well I guess that's an exciting incident so maybe we should continue maybe a uh, good segue okay, okay. so yeah. then the next thing once you set incident, it up. Something needs to happen, right? So you give the context for the adventure. You set it up and then you know roll title credits Right title screen. So for example uh, this successful one that I did is uh, I sent out a prompt that said all you players your characters are like Legendary mercenaries bounty hunters right something that you've done in your past that we're not going to play through you just make it up it has Uh, Gains you renown across the afterlife oh yeah it was an afterlife by the way Mm -hmm. so they all are like legendary mercenaries right so they all get a letter because of their status that's like hey I want you to come do this thing right so they all show up uh, you know have the session zero and we're getting to that in a second so they all they're doing is a little just like a standard mercenary job Come help me kill this monster. Standard monster hunt. What could go wrong? Well, what went wrong is they found this secret underground bunker and all got gassed. And, you know, essentially poisoned or cursed, you know, if you want to put it in those terms. Mm-hmm. So now that's where the adventure kicks off. You know, roll, roll uh, beginning credits. You guys are all poisoned and going to die. You got a ticking clock. It's very personal because you don't want to die. Now you're going to do an adventure to fix it.
0: Yeah. So there's a couple things in what you could call the letter that the characters got an inciting incident. And you could maybe have a couple because you wouldn't be wrong to say that the inciting incident, nothing would have happened in the story if they didn't get the letter and come to do a job. But then the real inciting incident is when they, you know, finish the monster hunt and accidentally all get poisoned. Then, you know, you've, so you've, you've set them up, pointed them in the right direction. They're oriented in what they need to be. Well, they're all mercenaries, and they all have something famous about them, which is why they were contacted. Mm-hmm. Um, then they go on the adventure, or the first part of the adventure. They get poisoned. Now they have huge personal stakes in it because they're going to die of this poison unless they, you know, Find a way to fix it. Yeah, get their shit together, work together, and go find the
1: cure or the antidote, or
0: Mm.
1: right. And like uh, you know, how I played that out is in individual sessions, I'd give them like the setup for the session, right? Because like it would it would have been if we had a different player base, I guess, a cool thing to do where they start from nothing, like they don't have any information and they gotta find it. But that is kind of hard to keep on track uh, because it's easy to get sidetracked and then you know it comes into the well as a player I don't know what to do right you know as a game master you got to give them some hints you know push them push them in the direction that you want them to go you know don't tie their hands and force them but like you know give a little nudge here and there yeah right so uh, before we gloss over it uh, session zero mm-hmm. mentioned that that term came up uh, that's a common role-playing term for all the player characters meeting each other
0: yeah and usually you know some other stuff goes on it's usually part of that like introduction you want to prep your players um you know for the for the setting that they're in and stuff you don't want to give away the adventure right away but they do need to have like that first thing where they meet each other mm-hmm. and you know maybe they already know each other but then that's even if that's the case, you still have to, like, establish that. And whether that is in a session of roleplay where you all, you know, hang out at the tavern and get to know each other or, you know, just like a conversation outside of the game where you nail that stuff down before you start playing. That's the idea of a session zero. Um we don't really have anything more in-depth on that right now. We'll direct you to just the rest of the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're confused about that idea or how to start a campaign, there's, the yeah, go, go look up Session Zero and click on something with a lot of views. You'll probably learn something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you set the scene, you intro your players, and you orient them. To the setting and a little bit about what it's going to be about. Then you give them an inciting incident and now you're off to the races. Now you're playing. Mm-hmm. And whether it's an absent villain who you need to stop, a present villain who you know keeps bothering you, or a personal stakes thing where you've been poisoned. You're in it now. Mm-hmm. You have a reason to keep doing stuff and the rest of the story
1: follows after like- that. To go back to Star Wars, right? What kicks off the inciting incident, I think, um, is Luke getting Leia's message. Like, oh, I got a message. Then the stormtroopers kill his family boom that makes it personal Mm. like he wasn't like oh i'm just gonna throw this message away oh my family's dead. i guess i'll do something with it
0: and you could nitpick you could be like well it was inciting incident when the droids crashed or when they bought the droids from Mm. the from the vendors or you know whatever but i i think you're right once there is a story reason to like start investigating Mm. and doing something and then you could say well when his family died that's a real inciting incident because he wasn't going to leave until that happened but
1: but that just makes it personal. Yeah.
0: I, I think that, you know, so now there's villains out in space. There's stuff going on. There's a thing that needs to be done. And he has a deeply personal stake in it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that personal stake or whatever, you know, if it's just like maybe it's not personal at all. He's just getting harassed by, uh, by, by someone on the road, the big villain. Not Star Wars anymore, just talking about <laughs> a general example for any adventure you might run. After you've set it up, oriented your players, after you've done the sort of session zero thing and then done the inciting incident and began it, well, now they have a goal and they're pursuing it. While they're doing that, uh, you need to keep reminding players of the central conflict mm-hmm. as you play. And that can look like a couple of different things. The players are going to be pursuing whatever the goal is. And you're going to be, you know, taking them, narrating them through the world. Pushing them, giving them a little nudge here and there. Uh, And then, all the while, you want to keep reinforcing the idea that there is a central conflict. Like, you know, they go on a months-long journey to get the ring to Mordor. Well, for the whole first part of it, The weather is bad and, you know, stuff is hard. And then when they, you know, go through Moria, as soon as that happens, they're being pursued by orcs the whole rest of the time. A constant reminder of the stakes of their mission, um, you know, what will happen if they fail, a present danger to them, and something that keeps, like, pushing them forward. If they felt like, you know, faffing around for a while well, that would be a bad idea because the orcs would catch up to them.
1: You know, and I think uh, using Lord of the Rings, uh, they do a great transition um, from, like, objectives, right? Because it's at first, Frodo's just trying to get the ring to Rivendell. Mm-hmm. Like, that's his job. And he's like, once I'm there, I'm done. I'll wash my hands of it. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. once he gets there, from, like, all the stuff that happened, you know, the ring racer coming after him, he gets stabbed, uh, you know, all that leads to him being like, you know what? Because uh, then they have a council, and they're it.
0: like, well, that isn't it. Like, you, we have it here now, but it can't stay here. We need to do something.
1: Right, and then they get in that big argument, and Frodo's like, I'll do it. I'll do it, guys. God. Right, so that changes, uh, right? Because originally, if you were going to role play that, right? Role play the Lord of the Rings story. Oh, here's a ring. You as players take it to Rivendell. Players have some trials getting it to Rivendell. Oh, we're done with the mission? Nope, new mission. Mm-hmm. It continues, right? Switch up. Uh, you know, that's always it keeps it interesting, keeps your players engaged. Yeah.
0: Now it's a little less personal because, like, you got past the part where you were just in danger and you didn't know what was going on. But now you have to like stop Sauron.
1: Mm-hmm. Right for and then taking it back to uh, our real life experience, or well, not real life, our real game mastering mm-hmm. experience. Uh, that adventure that I was talking about earlier with the monster hunt that turned into them being poisoned. How I kept reminding the players is they would get worse and they had like negative effects on them. So like some of their rolls would go bad, mm-hmm. and you know they had extra chances of like breaking their legs because their bones were brittle because they were being poisoned. They were slowly dying.
0: Yeah. And so
1: like the Lord of the Rings example that's good
0: but it's not always orcs chasing them Mm -hmm. whatever it is absent villain, present villain, personal stakes, combination of all three whatever is going on, whatever is the central conflict of the story that needs to follow them through the whole story and you know I mean if you're not, if you're going to set up something like that and then not use it and why like why would you set up the adventure of getting the ring to to mordor and then not have the orcs be chasing them right then you know tons of the that just lets all the air out of that story
1: yeah yeah um, uh, lost my train of thought forgetful game master head um but don't don't force it like don't always like mm. the orcs aren't always right behind them like yeah. they can't oh we can't camp cuz the orcs are right behind us like that just gets exhausting
0: yeah that sucks
1: you know give give a little breathing room and then when the players get kind of off track like maybe we're going to hang around in this town for a while cuz like i'm really digging the the whorehouse <laughs> You know, speaking yeah. as a character, I'm really digging the whorehouse here. So uh, what if we just stay here? Well, then, you know, an assassin shows up, sent yeah. by. Like, all right, well, guy.
0: you know, maybe we deserve a break. We can stay for a night. Mm. Great. But then, yeah, like, then remind them.
1: That you gotta, you're you on a quest. Yeah. There's, there's something else to be done here.
0: I, uh, yeah, like that idea. Don't force it. Do remind them of the central conflict and pursuing whatever goal the central conflict, whatever goal they have in the central conflict is the main thing they're going to be doing. um, For the most part, unless you give them also a bunch of reasons to like detour Mm. and, you know, probably just don't do that too much, but they're probably going to be pursuing it anyway. So, you know, keep reminding them, have the, have the Darth Vader show up every couple of sessions, or maybe they escape him. Maybe he was supposed to show up, but they escape him. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's still reminding you of the main thing that's going on. And if it's not, you know, if it's an episode where they, like, take a detour and they fall in a swamp, don't force the central conflict there. Make it about escaping the swamp.
1: Yeah, trying to get out of the swamp. So Darth Vader doesn't need to show up and, like, cause more problems. Right. They already have a big problem of, like, We've Got to get out of this swamp or it's going to eat us, yeah, right. So, I think, uh, you know, you could
0: do. I just saw the thing, we didn't talk about this at all. I can't believe this didn't come up. Uh-oh. Uh, well, so you know, we keep just like using Darth Vader as an example, but uh, I also really like, um, I also really like Zuko in The Last mm, Airbender, yeah. especially in the first season. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. There are a few episodes where he's just, like, on their tail and that's what's going on. And there are a few episodes where they fight directly. And so for part of it, he is the present antagonist for their story. Mm-hmm. I hesitate to call him a villain because of, you know... Because of how yeah, that turns how, how all that turns out. But he is definitely the antagonist of the first season. And, you know, Zhao is more the villain, actually.
1: But... Mm-hmm
0: they they have some confrontations they directly interact with each other a few times and then there's like the storm episode where all of them separately are completely engaged with something different they need right. to survive this storm and they all have their little like journeys and arcs of overcoming and learning within that and then there's a moment at the end where you know zuko sees them flying away on on appa <laughs>
1: Just got chills. And he's,
0: that. and he's like, oh, well, you know, so what that does is remind everybody about the central conflict. You know, hmm. Aang is kind of on the run and he has some stuff to do and Zuko is chasing them. But right now, that's not the focus. So, you know, you could remind them, say they do go into the swamp and shit. Oh, now we're stuck in a swamp. That becomes the story for this episode or for Second. this for this session of role playing is we need to escape the swamp. You're not going to throw Darth Vader at them in the swamp because they're already dealing with something else. But you might see his ship fly over and be like, well, fuck. Now Mm. we're out of the swamp. We still have to deal with this.
1: And also just gush about Avatar, (laughs) uh, you know, great setup of uh, the the Blue Spirit episode where Zuko is still very much trying to capture Aang, Mm. but... He's got to go save Aang from Zhao. Yeah, because
0: someone else can't capture
1: him. That's no good. Right. But they're not instant friends, right? Because, like, afterwards, you know, Aang's sitting on the, the berm and being like, you know, if we had met...
0: A hundred years Zuko, ago.
1: ...do you think we would be friends? Zuko reminds him that he's still the bad guy yeah. right now. I'm by, still trying you know. to
0: capture you. I'm going to punch fire. And, well, I'm going to escape then. Mm. But we'll be friends later.
1: Yeah. Well oh. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> right. So... Uh, one thing that, like, it's much easier to say than to do, I get it, but, um, don't make your central conflict so rigid and, like, uh, I guess linear that there isn't room for getting stuck in a swamp. Yeah. Like,
0: you sh- they should be able to mess up. And if there is, like, a ticking clock, then that's great mm. because that'll reinforce the idea of a central conflict right. on its own. But, like,
1: relax the clock a little bit yeah. if they get stuck in the swamp, right? Like, like
0: well, we got to struggle with this because mm-hmm. we need to keep going, but now we're, you know, dealing with, like, a difficult terrain obstacle. Right. And that's the focus of this session.
1: Mm. So I, I understand it, like, oh, well, how do I... Not how do I make the perfect adventure? Well, I don't know. You know, we're still kind of yeah, we're and, hobbyists. And
0: I guess if you if you came to our con, or if you came to our podcast hoping for that, I'm sorry, but we don't have that. We don't have a step by step how to do
1: everything. Hopefully, this conversation gives you some things to think about about uh, how to do it in a way that is fun for you as a game master and you as a player or your players. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully hopefully you'll learn something.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that's all we want. And as always, it is a hobby. It's a game. It's supposed to be fun. So just have fun. These aren't rules to bind you into anything.
1: Right. There's no reason to punish yourself for forgetting, you know, one of these things or anything like that. Yeah.
0: Or to not play because you didn't nail
1: something. Right. It's supposed yeah. to be fun. Uh, But hopefully this stuff uh, helps. Right. So to remind you of uh, this long kind of rambling episode where we talked a lot about Star Wars, uh, we were talking about central conflict. Uh, Good stories hinge on some sort of conflict. Uh, We think it's critical for player engagement in a role-playing setting. That's why you should think about having Mm -hmm. a central conflict in your adventure. Right. There are different types. We discussed uh, having a strong present villain. Uh, Darth Vader. We discussed having an absent villain, Sauron, mm-hmm. uh, and we discussed having no villain, right? You know, being poisoned or trying gotta, to find Sirius. Yeah, Siri got to find Sirius Witcher, right? And then you know, we talked about all the different combinations because it's probably going to be some of each, mm-hmm. right? And of course, there are other central conflicts that we didn't talk about. These are the ones that we felt we could. Um, And then we talked about running and actually implementing these central conflicts, right? So like you need to set the scene, you need to give context to your players, you need to have an inciting incident, like what makes them care. And then as the story continues, you need to keep reminding them, you know, have the villain show up again and again. Uh, Keep being pursued by the minions of the absent villain.
0: Keep getting sicker.
1: Keep getting sicker. And then at the end of the day, don't force it.
0: Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't get sicker this episode. Because mm-hmm. this episode is the episode they spend in the market. Or mm-hmm. whatever. I keep saying episode. It's session. But episode is not a bad way to think of it. No, it's not. Um, but yeah. I do believe that's it for this Central Conflict episode of Two-Headed Game Master.
1: Um... So, visit our website, 2HGM.com, our email, Twitter, Patreon, uh, all links there. Uh, Also, the Eclipse Engine, available Mm -hmm. for download for free.
0: For free, with character sheets, everything you need to uh, get a hold of our original system to start playing. Something uh, real easy, accessible, and flexible.
1: Join us next time for another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. But uh, real quick, we got something to pitch. Oh,
0: yeah. If you are in Denver, Colorado, or I guess anywhere in Colorado, uh, you could find us. Um, my dad runs a small distillery, Conflagration Distilling. Uh, it's been up and running for a couple of years now. He makes small batches of whiskey, rum, agave, spirit, and gin.
1: You know what? That's what I forgot. I figured it out. Figure it out. I was supposed to be the gin head.
0: The gin because head. Because we
1: are going to do the... Yeah, I got it.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Conflagration Distilling um, is owned and operated by firefighters. Strong spirits by firefighters. That's the tagline. My dad's been a firefighter as long as I can remember.
1: As long as I've known you.
0: Um, And uh, he makes whiskey with that fun firefighter theme. And a portion of profits go to firefighter and firefighter family charities. He uh, can be reached at conflagrationdistilling.com conflagration means big old fire that's the theme of the whole thing Um, we are in some liquor stores around the Denver area, uh, but we can also ship so if you are not local then
1: reach out
0: out to the website, the email is there and we uh, we can arrange some shipping sales tasty
1: tasty drinky drinky
0: yeah, get your Get your terrific firefighter-themed alcoholic refreshments.
1: Uh, you know, twenty-one and over. Of yes, course, right. I don't.
0: I don't believe we said that. Um, <laughs> if you're not of age, don't bother.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh, you know, wait a little wait. bit. You know,
0: just because that's an ass ache. Right. Uh, yeah. So booze only for twenty-one and over. And with that, I do believe that's it. For the for this episode of Two Headed Game Master. Thank you to the Burning Saviors for the use of their song Pontillo's Finest as the intro and outro to our podcast. We will see you next time.
1: See you next time.